I just love this cold weather, Lord. I like those gray days. They're just so beautiful. And this, just a different smell in the air when it's like that. And it's just beautiful, Father. And we're just grateful for every season that you've given us in our lives personally. Uh, Father, in our weather, Lord, we're just thankful. We're thankful we live down here and not way off up in the north. Um, that you've called us to live in Texas. We're grateful. And, Father, we just thank you tonight that we've just come to sit at your feet. We thank you for teaching us and showing us your way, your love, your presence, uh, not only in this room, Father, but the youth, the children. Father, in every room, Father, just minister to the hearts of each one. Transform them, change them for the better. Lord, that's what you do. You're a lifter of our heads. You lift us. You don't press us down. You don't put yokes on us. But you throw the yokes off and the shackles. You break the shackles and the things that try to bind us. And you set us free and you lift us up. And so, Father, uh, the Bible says in Psalms that uh, you took us out. You lifted us up out of the miry clay and you set our feet upon a rock and we are grateful. We didn't do it. We couldn't do it. We still can't do it. Sometimes we fall off and get into the miry clay. But, Lord, you're still lifting us out and we are grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tonight, again, we're talking about overcoming the storms of life and um, just still talking about that for a little while longer. And I just want to remind us a little bit, um, we talked about it last week, and just remind us that things that we know, that sometime in life storms come to everybody. It's not, um, it's not, uh, what, it's not uncommon, is it? And it can come different ways. It can come in the form of situations. You know, people say, I've got a situation, you know. Well, a storm can come in the form of a situation or a circumstance or an obstacle or a problem or a difficulty, storms come. And, you know, the enemy sends them to take us off course, to get us off that course that God wants us to run. He tries to distract us with storms and uh, just knock us over to where we just can't function. But, you know, with God, he's the one that brings us through the storms. And, you know, sometimes storms are from the devil. Sometimes they're from other people or the devil through other people. And sometimes... They're just our own mistakes. Sometimes we just make mistakes. We make wrong choices. We make bad choices. Or we just don't seek God and we do things our own way. You know, the Bible talks about the Israelites, how they did what was right in their own eyes. That doesn't work well. It doesn't go well for us when we do that, but we've all done it. Uh, And we all will probably do it again. Sometimes we just do what we think is right and we don't ask God. But let's ask God. Because you know what? That will minimize the storms of life. He said in this world we'd have tribulation. He didn't say we wouldn't. But I believe we can minimize that, you know, if we're following God and seeking him. Uh, I believe he likes to expose the landmines that the enemy wants to lay in our path and help us to not step on them. But when we do, God is there to help us. And, you know, though, no matter where they come from, no matter where those storms come from, God will show us the way through them to the other side, won't he? Anybody in here been through a storm that God's brought you through and to the other side? Yes. They're memorials. And, you know, remember how in the Bible, in the Old Testament, he told them to make a memorial, make an altar. They'd get those stones. It was to remind them of what God had done. Because sometimes when we face new things, new trials or new situations we forget what god did in the past but when we remember we say 
You know that song Karen Wheaton used to sing, he'll do it again. And he'll do it again. He hasn't brought us this far to leave us. He'll do it again and again and again until he comes. And I'm just ready for him to come. Any day will be fine with me. Amen. Amen. You know, Jesus lives in us. Y'all know that, right? He lives in us by his spirit. He lives in us. So we must expect him to help us. We need to expect him to help us. Expect him to help us. And I mean that by faith. We're not, like, demanding. We're believing and expecting that that's what he wants to do for us because it is. Look in the Word. You'll see it everywhere. He's the one that helps us through. What does he say? He says, cast every care over onto me. He says, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and overburdened, and I'll give you rest. He says, will you come to me? Come to me. Here we are packing all this stuff. And he didn't call us to pack it. He called us to unload it onto him. Aren't you glad? Isn't that good news? I think it is. And so he helps us overcome every storm through the faith that he's given us. He's given us faith to know that he's going to help us overcome every storm. And so I want to talk about three primary ways because the way that we go through the storm is through faith in him. And I want to talk about three ways that we release our faith when storms come. And the first way is to believe the word, to believe what God says, to read it, to know what he says, and to believe it. You release your faith by what you believe in your heart. It's not up here. It's here in your heart. What do you believe? When it, I always say when it's all said and done, what do you believe? You know, because all this stuff will be just flying around your head and trying to just drive you cray-cray, you know. But put a foot down and say, what do I believe? You know, the enemy wants to stir all this out here, but you need to just stop and pull in and say, what do I believe? I believe that God's good. I believe he's going to see me through this. I believe he's going to be brave, bring my loved ones through this or whatever's going on. I believe he's going to make a way. You know, you need to just stop. When the enemy's just trying to stir up fear or anxiousness, when just stop and go to your very innermost being and say, what is it that I believe anyway? You know, and that'll silence that storm because that we believe from our innermost being. Our faith is in God. It's not in what we can do, but it's what he's doing. Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you hear the word... Faith rises up in your heart. You can, you know, I know we don't go by feelings, but when I read the word and there's words that are just stirring, I can, I can sense faith rising in my heart. I'm just reminded of the good things of God. Just reading a psalm, reading the word, I'm just reminding of, reminded of what God's done and what he's doing. And faith just begins to rise. It just begins to build me. That's how faith comes. It's by hearing the word. It's by reading and saying, that's mine. That's what God's done for me. And he's no respecter for it. He's done it for all of us. You read it and hear it's a love letter to you and what he's done. But we're not going to know it if the mail comes and we don't open it. got to open it and let him minister to you and minister faith to you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
It's the evidence of things you can't see. When you hear the word, faith rises in our hearts and we believe it. It's the title deed, the Bible says. Faith is the title deed that you hold concerning those things which are unseen. You know you have them because God's word promises them to you, but they're still in the unseen realm. I heard someone say it like this, that faith is the bridge that brings the promise from the unseen into the seen, from the spiritual realm into the physical realm. You know, the Lord taught me about healing. You know, when I was just a new Christian and he he talked about salvation. You know, when you're saved, you're born again, your sins are forgiven, you've been made new, you're a new creation. He said, just the way that that reality, spiritual reality of what's happened when you're born again, you don't see it on the outside first. It happens on the inside and then it begins to come out. It begins to manifest in the sanctification process of the Spirit of God on the outside. Desires begin to change. Behaviors begin to change. My physical appearance changed. Well, I guess I look like the devil himself. I don't know. But when I went home, Alan knew something had happened to me. So, hey, you know, I must have been pretty scary looking. Who knows? But anyway, you know, um, but it was an inside job of the Holy Spirit. Then it begins to manifest. On the outside, it's just like healing. The Lord said, the Lord told me one day, he said, Kim, healing's the same way. It's only because the Spirit of God's on the inside. And you just begin to believe and you just begin to thank him. Lord, healing's mine. Healing's mine. And you know what? It'll begin to manifest itself, coming out, coming out, and begin to do what God sends it to. But it comes up out. We're not trying to get it out here. And the promises of God are in us because the promise is in us. The Word made flesh is in us. And so we just begin to believe and we thank God for it. It's not a big, oh, trying real hard. It's just a simple thank you. Thank you, Lord, for doing it. You, he wanted to do it, we sang. You didn't have to. You want to. Our part's to say thank you. Thank you. You know, like um, if somebody has a gift for you and they're handing it to you, do, do you just like go into this big... Uh, I don't know, faith exercise to try to get it or like, you know, make it yours or like, do you just, thank you. You you know what I mean? Well, don't you think we do that with God when God said he's already done it, he's already given it, he's already provided it and we're just kind of going through this faith thing instead of just saying, Lord, that's what you've done. Hey, I agree with that. I receive that. Thank you. It's it's simple. It's really simple. We we went to... um, um, that program at Hill Country today where uh, three of our grandchildren grow, go in, in San Marcos. And I was just watching those little children. <laughs> and they did one song that talked about our mighty, mighty God. And I watched those little children, particularly this one little boy in front. I'm telling you what. He had it. And I told Alan, I said, no wonder the Lord wants us to come to him like a little child. Those little children, they were talking about their mighty, mighty God and singing about him and doing the hand motions. And, you know, they're all excited about their mighty, mighty. There wasn't any doubt that they didn't have a mighty, mighty God. Well, you know what? So do we. And he wants us to come like a little child, not just wonder, well, is he mighty? Is he big enough today? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. You know, I wrote this. It says, the enemy says, 
yeah, but to the promises of God. But God says yes and amen to the promises. You know, when we see the promise in the word, the enemy's whispering, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but. That's the enemy. When you see him, you say yes and amen. That's God because that's what he says. And he says the promises of God are yes and amen. Hebrews 11.6 in the Passion Translation says, And without faith living within us, we are powerless to please God. You know why? Faith in God is telling him we trust him. It's telling him we believe him. You know, if, if you've got a friend or, or a spouse or, or a child and they say, well, I don't believe you, well, I don't think so. Well, you know, is that pleasing to you when you're trying to do something for them and you're wanting them to believe you and they keep acting like you're not going to do it or you're not able or you don't plan to? I mean, does that please you? Well, that's what this scripture means. Without faith, it's impossible to please. It just means God wants you to believe him. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to say, okay, thank you. That, so in the Passion it says, without faith living within us, and it lives within us by feeding it through the word of God. We are powerless to please God, for we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. He rewards. Another translation, the Amphite says, you must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. Not, I don't know if God will. Or I don't think he will. Or, I hope he do. I don't know if he will. That's not pleasing. If he said it, why are we saying stuff like that? Why do we talk about him? That's dishonoring and disrespectful and just... Not believing. I mean, treating him like, I don't know what. I don't know. I just, but sometimes we do that. But he's taken the time to make sure this was written down for us. The Bible says it was written for us. Now, some of it's promises, some of it's instruction, but it's good for us. It's good for us. It helps us in life. So, first way to... Release your faith is to believe the word. The second way is to speak the word. Speaking the word of God. It's released by words that you speak. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 says this. It describes the spirit of faith. It says, but since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe And therefore, we speak. The spirit of faith is believing and speaking according to that which God has spoken. That's what it is. The spirit of faith is speaking what God has said. And you speak it first because you believe it. You're not speaking it trying to believe it. You're speaking it because you believe it. I want to read to you. Out of Psalm 116 in the um, Passion Translation, verses 10 and 11. This is what it says. It says, 
um, um, Psalm 116, verses 10 11. It says, even when it seems I'm surrounded by many liars and my own fears. Notice it says, even when it seems I'm surrounded by that, because that's what the enemy wants you to think. He wants you to think he's almighty and got you surrounded. Hey, who posted it? Oh, I think it was you, Lynette. Didn't you post that about, um, I loved it. It said, the devil doesn't own the keys to his own house. Why would you give him the keys to yours? That is so awesome, Lynette. I love it. He doesn't own the keys to his own house. Jesus took those babies. So don't give him the keys to yours. Anyway, I just ever reminded it. I was reminded that at that moment. Even when it seems I'm surrounded by many liars and my own fears, and though I'm hurting in my suffering and trauma, I will stay faithful to God and speak words of faith. See, when you speak them, when you're surrounded by these voices and this stuff. I will stay faithful to God and speak words of faith. We're talking about releasing your faith through speaking. To get through the storms, you need to train your tongue to speak the right things when there is no storm. It's way easier to do it when there is no storm. When the storm gets up, <laughs> just grab a hold of it. <laughs> It's difficult to lasso your tongue and wrestle it under control after the storms hit. Because when the storm hits, many people speak words of doubt and unbelief and disaster and calamity and tragedy. And they repeat what the doctors have said as if it came from God. Or repeat worldly news as if Jesus himself said it. Uh -uh. That's not what we go by. Isaiah said... Who has believed our report? He says, and then they go on to say, we will believe the report of the Lord. Yes. You've got to put God's report before you. There will be a lot of reports that want to come up on the top of your desk, so to speak. But you better pull out God's report and believe it. Amen. You must dis discipline your tongue to speak God's report, to speak life. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 6.2 says, you are snared by the words of your own mouth. A trap is laid by the stuff we say. You know, when you meditate on what God says and you think on what he says, it'll change this. When people try to change this without first filling themselves up with what God's word and what God says, then you're trying to do this on your own. And it'll be frustrating and hard and it'll be an effort. But see... When you fill yourself up with who God says you are and what he says about the situations and the circumstances and all of that stuff, when you're just filling yourself up with that, see, that's what you believe and that's what's going to begin to come out. That's what will come forth. You know, I've noticed this. When I feed on it, and you're feeding your spirit man, by the way, which makes your spirit man stronger than your flesh. In your the carnal self. That's what you're doing. You're strengthening it, strengthening it. And so this is what I've noticed that when I've done that and then say a situation or a storm comes, up will come a remembrance of that scripture. Not not perfectly, not because I've memorized it, but because I've just fed on it. And it'll begin to come up out of my heart and it'll be just kind of right there. And to where 
I have the choice to go with that or to go with what it looks like. God doesn't make us. He didn't ever make us. But you can be so full of him and what he's doing and what he has said to you and what you fed on that it'll just begin to come up and just come into your remembrance. Remember how the Lord said he'd put you in remembrance? He'll just begin to put you in remembrance of it. And remember how the Bible says, uh, choose life? You know, I set before you this day, life and death. He says, what? Choose life. So see, up comes death, the circumstances, and up comes life, the word of God. But we got to choose. But it comes. From having just fed on. And you know, you think, do you know, lady, what I do all day long? <laughs> You're probably thinking, lady, you know what I do? You know how much time I do this and that? I'm going to tell you, it doesn't take a long time. It doesn't take a long time. You could just take a nugget from the Word. You should take five minutes. But I believe, I'm going to tell you this. You know, like when you just eat it, when you're real hungry and you just eat a couple of bites, don't you just say, I don't think I'm going to sit here and eat a little more. You know, I mean, you're home, you're just going to make time to eat a little more. Well, that's what happens. You might think you're going to spend five minutes and you might spend five that day, but I tell you, you get to eat and you're going, well, wait, ooh, this is good. And you'll just start eating more and more and more. And you'll say, wow, I do have time. <laughs> hey, take it to the restroom. You know, do something. Make a way, because it is your spirit man. You wouldn't think of not feeding your flesh every day. You know, it's your spirit man. And I tell you what, out of that flows everything else. So anyway, just encouraging you. Proverbs 6, 2 says, we're snared by the words of our mouth. We're taken by the words of our mouth. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in our hearts, what we've put in. That's what comes out. We have to make a decision that we're going to speak what God says. When a storm is raging against us, we have to, we've got to hang on to what God has said and declare it out loud. You know, I like writing scriptures on little um, three by five cards. I, actually, mine are five by seven. I needed more room. You know, and I have like, it looks like a little recipe box, and I have little dividers in there, and I, I divide according to um, subjects like victory or healing or peace or joy. And scriptures that, I, that God speaks to me, I put them in there and I, I you know what I'm saying? And, and so, I mean, there they are just right there. And I know there's promise books. There's so much stuff. Good honk. We've got ugh, just every avenue to have the word poured into us, even divided up, categorized, topical, you name it. But that's just kind of my little system because I like doing that. But you just, I need some joy today. You know, there's your scriptures that God has spoken. And man, it begins to strengthen you. And you, there you are, full of joy before you know it. It's, it's God's word. It's out of the abundance. We make that decision. When the storm is raging against us, we've got to hang on to what God has said. Everything within your feeling realm may want to say what it looks like. Remember the Shunammite woman? And when, when she saw, uh, she was headed for Elijah and she, she, the, his servant, was it, was it the servant that came to her first or was it her husband? I can't remember. And they asked her, I think it was the servant, and he said, and he asked her, he said, is everything okay? She said, it's okay, but her son was dead up at the house. It wasn't okay. But she said it was because, you know, she was headed for God in that man of God. She wasn't headed to a man. She was headed to God, the one that God was in and could bring 
and bring hope and help to her. And so she didn't say, oh, yeah, you gave me this child. No, he's it. You know, she didn't go off ranting. She just said it as well, and she just headed on. Yeah. It's like Abraham when he sacrificed Isaac. He knew what God would do. Yeah. He might not know how he'd do it, but he knew the promise that he had. Everything within your feeling realm may want to say what it looks like, but faith refuses to bow its knee to the system of this world. The system of this world is you have what you see. But I believe that if we can see it, what he says, we will have it. We see this. That's what we'll have. But you know what? Everything, symptoms, um, circumstances, situations try to pull us from this to here to say that is more real. To say that what that doctor says, or the, and I'm not dissing doctors. I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. I'm not saying don't take medicine. But I'm going to tell you, you, God is the healer. He makes all that stuff work and do our bodies good. But I'm just going to tell you, there comes a time sometimes in people's lives when even doctors cannot help you. And so you're going to have to choose. Am I going to believe what God says or am I going to say, if they say you got three days, are you going to believe what God says? That with long life, I'll satisfy you. You have to put it before you. And am I saying it's easy when all that's raging up against you? No. It's not because the enemy wants to tear it from you. But when you've just been putting it in and putting it in, you just know. I don't know how he'll do it, but he's going to do it. He'll make it okay. I'll say it again, that faith refuses to bow its knee to the system of this world. Faith won't compromise. It just keeps speaking what God said. I want to read um, Psalm, I read this on Sunday, I really liked it, so I want to read it again, Psalm 44, um, verses 5 through 7, just talking about, just keep speaking what God said. It says, through your glorious name. Psalm 44, verses 5 through 7. Your, and through your awesome power, we can push through to any victory. That's what you want inside of you. I can push through to any victory. How? Through his glorious name and his awesome power. We can push through to any victory and defeat every enemy. Not some, not a few, every one. For I will not trust in the weapons of the world. I know they will never save me. Only you will be our Savior from all our enemies. That's what you put into you. Psalm 112, verses 7 and 8 says that the man whose heart is fixed, who is steadfast, will not be moved when evil tidings come. Evil tidings come. They do come. We all know they come. But the man who's trusting in the Lord won't be moved. It says it like this. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is firmly fixed, trusting, leaning on, and being confident in the Lord. Verse 8, his heart is established. He will not be afraid while he waits to see his desire established upon his adversaries. And the adversaries come in many forms. But when our heart is established on the Lord, the enemy might bring this bad news and that bad news. But we just say, I'm not going to fear that because my heart is firmly fixed. I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm confident in in the Lord, that he will bring me through, that he will show the way in this. He's awesome. When an evil report comes, if your heart is settled on what you believe, you'll say, my God is able. 
It is well with my soul. It is well. He is able. I want to read to you out of Isaiah 54, 17. It says, this is something else you can say when a weapon tries to form, but no weapon that is formed against you or no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you'll show it to be in the wrong. Because this peace, righteousness, security, triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's you. That right, The righteousness and the vindication that they obtain from me. It's God that's done. He's imparted to you these things. So when an, a weapon tries to form against you, you just stand in who you are in him. And he gives you the triumph over the opposition. He gives you security in the midst of it. He didn't say the weapon wouldn't form. He just says when it does, it's not going to prosper against you. One of, one of my favorite scriptures. So we've talked about two ways to release your faith. Believing the word and speaking the word. And last, act on the word. The third part of releasing your faith is to act on it. There's a corresponding action to our faith. With everything we speak, with what we believe, we act on it. God gives us specific directions of corresponding actions of things that he wants us to do. It's not us figuring out, us directing, well, if I do this, this. No. You believe and you're speaking and you're, it's planted in you. And then God will give you corresponding actions that go with that. It's spirit-directed faith is what it is. The Israelites had to listen for God's direction. They didn't do it on their own. In every battle they faced, they had to listen for his direction. He had given them promises. He had told them what he'd given them. But he was still the director. He's still the commander-in-chief. You might know some stuff, but he's still our commander-in-chief. And we're still in his army, and we're still under his authority, and he's still the director. If we want the victory, we're going to have to let him lead. Amen. When the Israelites went to take Jericho, they had to march around the city um, once a day for six days, remember? And then seven times on the seventh day. And blow the horn and shout and all of those things. That was their act of faith. That's what God had spoken to them. And that's what they did. But you know, uh, in the next city though, their action of faith was different. It wasn't the same thing. Uh, we don't walk by a formula, but we walk by following his guidance. So they could have said, well, we did it here, so we're going to do it there. No. We do what he says, and we have to follow his leading. I want to read a little bit about Joshua and what, and what the Lord had said to him before they went into Jericho. And this is in Joshua chapter 1. It's after Moses had died, and the Lord spoke to Joshua, and he said, you know, um, because Joshua had been Moses' minister. He'd been there right there with him. And he said, my, Moses, my servant's dead, so now, he's speaking to Joshua, he said, arise and take his place and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I'm giving to them, the Israelites. And he, so God begins to tell Joshua, this is what I've done. He says, every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given to you as I promised Moses. And from the wilderness in this Lebanon to the great river, 
And he goes into the territory. And then verse 5, he says, And no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. There were people within those walls when they went into Jericho. But he had to meditate on what God had told him. He had to, by faith, begin to step in to that place and step into that territory. And God gives us the same thing. We see things in his word, but there is a stepping into it. There's a corresponding action. We believe it, but there's also a stepping in that he will direct. Again, it's not by a formula, but it is spirit-led faith is what it is. And so he said, they're not going to be able to stand to you before you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. And by the way, he says the same thing to you in the New Testament. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never fail you. Never, no, never, no, never. I won't do it. So here Joshua's leading all of the Israelites into this land. He had to believe what God said and step out in it. And he went on to say to him in verse 6, this, he hadn't stepped out yet. This is what God's telling him, just like God tells us stuff and gives us his promises and his word. And these words are to us too. He said, be strong, be confident and of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous. It takes strength and courage to follow God. Did you know that? It takes strength and courage because the enemy's trying to pull you off. And if he isn't, then people that don't love God will. Or maybe religious people will. Or maybe people think you're off on the deep end. Anybody ever thought you've been on the deep end? Alan and I have been on the deep end a long time. We have not drowned yet. And you know what? A few of our family have joined us in the deep end. Maybe not quite as deep, but we're going to pull them on out. We're going we're gonna to get some... Spirit-filled Holy Ghost tongue talkers in that family before it's over with. But only be strong and courageous that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded. Turn not from it. Turn not from what? From what God said. Don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. So we're going to have to follow what he says. And we can't turn to the right or to the left. If you want to prosper in what God said, you've got to follow what he said. You know, if they got out there and said, well, I know God said, I know God told us to walk around six, but we're tired today. We don't want to do it. What do you think would have happened? Those walls would have stayed right there. We've got to do what he says. Y'all, when we think we got boss, we became boss. We're not. You've got to remember that. I am not boss. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Where? Where has faith released? Out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. There he is, putting it in his heart. Joshua's meditating on it day and night. He's putting it in his heart. Faith is coming. Then he's speaking it. Don't let it depart out of your mouth. Look at there. In the Old Testament, New Testament, he says, don't let it depart out of your mouth. Meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to that is written. You're going to walk in it when you fill yourself with it. For then... You shall make your way prosperous. Then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, you know, uh, God didn't say there wouldn't be things that would come to scare you 
or to make you nervous or to make you fearful. Why does he keep telling him, be strong, be courageous, I'm with you? He knew there would be things that would come to him and to all of us that will make us afraid or make us want to back up or just say, I can't, there's no way. But our part is to just meditate on what God says. Just speak what God says. Even as Joyce Meyer says, do it afraid. Your insides, your feelings may feel fear, but just just stay on it. Don't turn to the right or the left, but just stay on what God says and focus and meditate and put it in. Joshua, he led the people. He didn't go to the right or left. He, he led. God leads us by his spirit in our walk of faith. Joshua believed He put it in him. He spoke it. He walked it out. He acted it out. You know, we don't walk, again, by a formula, but we walk by following his guidance. You know, it's easier to follow him when we have built our house on believing his word, on speaking his word, and on acting his word. It's easier to follow. We're already full. It's just who we are. It's not who we're trying to be. But when you fill yourself with this, it just, He says when we behold his word, that he changes us from one degree of glory to another into his image. We're beholding, and he's doing the changing in us. He's filling us with faith because we're putting that word in. And we're just stepping out, speaking and agreeing. It's his way of doing it. It's building. That's the way we build our house on the word. By believing and speaking action. We're ready when we do this to overcome the storms of life. Because we have built our life on the rock. I want to read you this. I don't think I already read you this. I might have read you this. Oh, yeah. I already read you that. It was that one about in Psalm 44. I put it there. But there's one last thing I want to read to you. Um, I have this little devotion book. It's called The Divine Romance. The man that... uh, translated uh, the passion um bible has this little devotion and i it's uh, from the song of songs the song of solomon and i and i read it one day and i just i just really loved it so i marked down because we were talking about the storms of life and i when i read it it was on october the 30th and when i read it i had written down that i wanted to read it to y'all so i just encourage you um to to receive this um The title was Stately and Secure. It says, you stand, this is from Song of Songs, um, chapter 7, verse 7. It says, you stand in victory above the rest, stately and secure as you share with me your vineyard of love. He says, beloved, you are stately and secure because you are his. That's why you're stately and secure, because you are his. He knows how to supply your every need. Don't be moved by what you see. Don't turn away from your battles. Look them in the face with the confidence of an overcomer. Drive the sword of his word straight into the enemy's plan and watch it crumble. When you plant yourself deep within the soil of God's truth, the turbulent winds of opposition will not blow you over. Though you may hear the storm, And feel the storm and at times be shaken by it. You will not be destroyed. You are steadfast and immovable. 
Believe the promises that Jesus has given you. Use them as food to strengthen your spirit. Drink from the oasis of his love. Stand upon his word. It is a steady foundation. Sink deeper into it and wield it to win every battle. And now I want to read the little prayer for us that was at the end. So if y'all want to bow your heads. Father, your word is alive and powerful and it steadies my fearful soul and it fills me with the power to believe. It equips me and it trains my hands for battle. It lifts my burdens and it gives me hope. Your word anchors my faith when the storms of life rage. I am steadfast and secure when I stand upon your truth. Amen. Amen.